Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. <clears throat> Remember that coincidences, meaningful coincidences, illuminate the invisible currents that connect and unify us. Please like and subscribe uh, to us by pushing the button below. In the jungle of social media, you might see me swinging from vine to vine, looking for trees with delicious minds growing on them. I was swinging through Clubhouse and found Krista Mariah, who graciously appeared on this very podcast not so long ago. She introduced us to the metaverse. Following Krista on Clubhouse, I noticed the delicious mind of Jivan who happens to be her partner. They live in the social network jungle, incessantly chattering all around us. G helped me to understand how synchronicity could possibly exist in the metaverse. He too has graciously agreed to talk with me on this podcast today. I'll keep swinging and encouraging you to swing through the vines of your reality, finding those delicious concepts that suit your tastes your mind, and your heart. Divan is a futurist, systemic constellations facilitator, which we'll hear more about, and art an artist residing in Vancouver, British Columbia. He was born in Sri Lanka, raised in Calabar, Nigeria, age five, went to Montreal, Quebec, and he is now living in Vancouver, British Columbia, where he is on an 11 year venture to, conscious, to consciously tune on technology to serve all living beings, to consciously tune on, turn on, turn on and tune on technology to serve all living beings. And look, he's got a positive view of what technology can do. Hey. He's got a positive view of what technology can do. He believes we can secure the future by creating what he calls human one one, the digital human twin. He wants to create the operating system genie, the operating system genie, genie, that's not exactly Windows 10, operating system genie that will empower humanity to harmonize divisiveness we got a lot of that by connecting all the dots that connect us. Connecting our dots will help us rise toward co-creation and co-elevation. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence, G. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful intro. It's good to you. be here. I'm honored to be here with you. So glad to have you. Now, mm -hmm. I wonder if you might 
Tell us a coincidence story, G. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I would start with uh, how I got to Vancouver, BC. Um, I was uh, working in Montreal, Quebec in the visual effects industry um, for uh, about 15 years. And uh, when I was leaving the visual effects industry, I had um, a premonition to jump to Vancouver, British Columbia. As soon as I landed here, I took another job in visual effects and uh, just to get myself started. And when I was about to leave the company, I gifted my uh, visual effects supervisor with some Darth Vader socks. It was a little inside joke. Um, and also uh, just, a, just a way to show him I appreciated all that he had done for me in the industry. Uh, as soon as I left that uh, company, I went to uh, the Psychedelic Forum in Victoria, uh, a conference. I found myself unknowingly sitting in the wrong room for the wrong workshop. And uh, next to me sits a doctor who's wearing Jaws socks. And I immediately noticed that. And I look at him and he looks a lot like my visual effects supervisor, just a like a archetype doppelganger version. And so I start talking to him and uh, I ask him, where did he get those socks, all of that. And finally, um, he, he tells me that he got to this place by going to Sedona and doing a ceremony there, um, uh, an, an ancient ceremony. Sedona, so, Arizona, just to be clear. Yes, Sedona, Arizona. And um, I was surprised because my story as well was through Sedona, Arizona. And so I, I asked him who was the shaman that worked with you there. And it ended up being the same shaman that we had both attended, that we had both seen. And so we found ourselves sitting together, talking, we became good friends and we went on a whole startup adventure. And uh, what I loved about that was this synchronicity that showed up and it created a new pathway for a friend and a whole business adventure. So, yeah, that, that's, that was a wonderful story illustrating how um, synchronicities can uh, pop people's attention in each other. Exactly. It, yeah. like, it creates uh, an emotional charge that you both share. Oh, wow. You too? Jaws, Darth, Va Darth Vader, Sedona. Yeah. Okay, the same. Now, you, you were all at a psychedelic conference, so you're kind of a little on the weird side compared to the regular people anyway. So the likelihood of running into somebody that might share some of your interests was increased because you both were there. But then this finding yourself in the wrong spot. Yes. <laughs> it's, one of my, it's one of my favorites because I think that is the fundamental thing is like getting lost mm -hmm. and then you get found like my I got lost, my dog got lost and we found each other. It's like getting lost just breaks everything up for a while. Right. Uh, your reality tunnel is one way of saying it. And you let other stuff come bursting through. And 
especially if you don't do it on purpose. That's what, that's really nice. Oh, gee, how did I get here? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a common story, that part of it. And then it gets really, even though you don't think about it, it gets confirmed by the synchronicities that happen with the person that you end up sitting next to. I mean, those are like the, I, I was, those are like the get lost sitting next to bop, bop, bop. But it's all like set up almost by stuff that neither of you were planning. Exactly. And it's all, it's all by accident. You got there. And uh, well, th those illustrates some really nice parts of uh, meaningful coincidence, says she. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you've told me that uh, your life feels like a series of synchronicities. Yeah. What, do you, what, 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 is, what, what are you saying there? Well, I've, uh, I've always been more visual than I have been anything else. And anytime I saw two patterns that seemed similar, I would get attracted to it. I would notice it. I would, uh, I would want to put them together like puzzle pieces constantly. And uh, when do, I was around, Do you remember the first significant one? Uh, when I was young? Yeah, when you were young. Yeah, like the, the foundational ones. Uh, here's the thing. Some of the biggest coincidences around my life, around uh, me, were around uh, twinning, around mirroring and twinning. So there were always things that happened where someone would show up looking like me or someone would act like me or there was some form of that which was always had me on high alert when I was really young. So it was kind of like that mirror image thing was something that made me notice synchronicities more and more. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know that about you because uh, the idea of reality being a mirror of our minds, uh, yeah. that is one of the key lessons of many uh, synchronicities mm -hmm. is that what you're thinking and what's out there are related to each other, but you got to do kind of variations on doppelgangers. Um, yeah. That there's a double goer like you in some form or another uh, right and that's what brought your attention to it i think those are formative so you are you are you would probably continue into the future looking at uh mirrors uh looking around at mirrors um for of your mind yeah absolutely i uh, i had read uh, deepak chopra's book about coincidences meaningful coincidences and i started uh, journaling and writing small ones to larger ones that would show up during the day and by doing that it started aiming my attention where if I heard something three times I would go and uh, either investigate or I would uh, I would keep my ear out for it or my eye out for it so anything that a pattern that was repetitive was these clues and these hints it made life more uh, like a game and every day there was something that showed up made life more like a game yeah yeah exactly yeah that's a you get three of them is it going to be more is what you're saying uh, <laughs> yes and yeah. so you and you're able to find them i've been in so many situations like that where i just find them and then i show up there and then there's something for me um could you give us a give, can you give us a story sure like well, here uh, how i even got here today that same doctor that i met um, we started going into uh, creating a healthcare app where we were looking to measure intangibles, um, the nonlinear data of the world. 
So this had been my work and my specialty. When this whole thing with this doctor ended up uh, turning out to be something different, it ended up opening the space for me to look at, well, how else can I work with the nonlinear data that I have? And I thought, well, maybe coincidences. There's another opening. And uh, not too long after, I met you. So there was a series of like, even if the stage was set, the stage was also cleared and then new connections came through and started opening up. And uh, even how I met Krista was a series of people telling me about a book club called Bookflow, just random places. I heard it three times and I joined. And <laughs> most of my life has been like that. I hear something three times and I just perk up and I just go and check it out and I meet one person another and I'm here right now with a map of the mind and how things connect in the in the invisible and how, how has Krista influenced uh what you're doing um I think a lot of ways she's a lot more grounded than I am and she connects with people directly whereas I've been out flying in space for a little while and I can see all these patterns, but bringing it back down to, to earth to share as stories has become more and more difficult for me. It's almost like I'm relearning how to do that now and become a storyteller so that it connects with people. <laughs> yeah, and Krista is phenomenal at, uh, at grounding it into the reality of what we can do day to day and how it serves people and others. I would say that. Well, I, and in a way, I'm trying to serve a function like that for you as well. Um, it's like, uh, as you know, I like to call you the spy who's come in from the cold. Uh, <laughs> and you've been out there spying about what's going on out there. And, and at least it's Krista and then, and then me trying to say, okay, let's, let's see if we can get this balloon down here on the ground a little bit and make him capable of communicating with us humans, even though he's a Martian. We're going to find out, hey, talk to us in our language, please. And, yeah. and, but we're going to have to learn your language, which is um, visual and it's a remarkable thing about you. You weren't you uh, an engineer before you became a visual guy? I was studying building engineering. I wouldn't. I didn't graduate. Oh. I did two years out of the four, and uh, my real interest was in spaces and architecture. I had a love for for buildings and what kind of uh, uh, moods and feelings walking into a space created for you, which was interesting for me. Where if I was in a brand new space, the way I would link to it is by looking for coincidences, similar patterns, and even if I was in a brand new environment. Try to, try to tell us about that. Mm. So uh, let's say I would uh, go to school and I would be in one space and I'd be teaching a class with students. And uh, that evening I would go to the gym. I would be, it would be a completely different environment, but I could see similarities between what a student was drawing in class as a figure and someone working out at the gym as a character. And once I would see these two links, I, would, I couldn't stop seeing it. I would start noticing more and more links. And then I would overhear them speak 
And then I noticed them say something that reminded me of what students said in class. They seem completely unrelated, but it would take me on this string of stories of like, oh, I just heard that in a class and I'd start up a conversation. And then this person would tell me their, uh, their story about their, um, their father who had a specific dog or a very specific story. And then I'll go, my student drew a character with a dog this afternoon. And it would be little things like that that would take me on this serendipitous uh, journey. And very often I'll just let it go once it was done. And I would try to see if it came up again. And if it came up a few times, I'd pursue it. And if it didn't, I'd let it go. Yeah. You, you've decided, you described at the beginning um, uh, your tendency, desire, almost I'll say joy in, in looking for patterns that match, Yeah. pattern matching. Um, yeah. Uh, there are many explanations attempted for coincidences. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, the fundamental one is the predisposition to look for matches. Mm. You can't have a coincidence unless you notice it. I mean, that's the usual way of thinking. You can argue about that, but you got, so I've got to register in somebody's mind. Um, and you are really predisposed to pattern matching. You said that, but I'm the story of the drawing and the person at the gym just really brings that together for me, how you, you began a, a kind of a, a game quest. See, can I pa pattern match? Uh, yeah. You were looking for them. Uh, you knew they would be out there after this happened so often um, that you could find them. And people will say, well, you think of a yellow Volkswagen and that you're going to see a lot of yellow Volkswagen. But there's, but you're not going to see them unless you're looking. And that's, that's, a that's an idea that a lot of people don't get is that, yeah, you can overdo that. But if you're not looking, you're not going to see them anyway. Uh, so there's a certain level of being aware of a, a coincidence matching that you have to be able to get to. Right. Now, I'm still struck by um, your, your uh, deciding well, I can't do the, with, with this doctor thing because mm -hmm. um, uh, that blew up. Uh, so I got to do something that's nonlinear. So uh, I'll just go to what I've been doing for such a long time, which is pattern matching, which some people call uh, coincidences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I went to, I looked at dreams, I looked at psychedelics, and then I looked at imagination um and then coincidences were the most interesting because coincidences when people experience them they can bypass their own skepticism they can it kind of like washes away their own skepticism and it brings them back into the mystery of life of uh what if everything like what if my senses can't pick up everything and for me there's a lot of fun in that um do you, would you would you remember the Seinfeld episode about uh, Bizarro World? Tell us. So there was a there was an episode where uh, Jerry and his friends they they ended up meeting from the other side of town, the Bizarro World, which is like the opposite versions of them, 
So if Jerry's uh, selfish, then uh, Bizarro Jerry's selfless. If one uh, Kramer is goofy, then Bizarro Kramer is uh, very proper, very polite. So it's all these Bizarro um, uh, people in the world. And when I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, this was one of the things that for me were leading my coincidences is I kept meeting like archetype doppelgangers of the West Coast. And so whatever information I had about someone, that guy always wears sneakers, colorful sneakers. Um, this person has this type of hand movements or they speak with this tone. I came to BC and I saw versions of my friends with the complete opposite, like personality traits or um, uh, ways of being, yet they were dressed the same way. So it was like, like my friends were all split into these different characters that each had one side of them and these coincidences would pop up and I would just notice that and I'd be like, oh, wow, I got to draw this. <laughs> and so it started being like a mix and match of these different patterns. And um, then I'd wait for it. I'd wait for the synchronicities to pop up. They'd share a story and I would be, hey, my friend told me that back in the day. And then I'll tell him about it. And then that would add another story for him. It was just this continuous stream like that of um, magical moments. Yeah. What a life. <laughs> um, that, that to be looking around and seeing not just mirrors of yourself, but mirrors or inverse mirrors of people that you know and still they dress the same, which is a hint about the similarity between the two. What did that do to the, what you're thinking about the world to be seeing um, the bizarro world, like, uh, like in Jerry's world, the bizarro side? What, 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 is the, what did that do to the way you think about things when you moved to B BC, particularly British Columbia? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That became really my thesis. That question led most of my thinking. What is going on here? Yeah, what's that, going on here? What's going on here? <laughs> and literally, it was like, oh, the world is a duality. We're a mirror. East Coast, West Coast, all over the world, there's always some East Coast, West Coast rivalry, war, um, uh, the differences, you know, they're hippies here, they're too rough over there. Um, all these stereotypes, the patterns were just glaring to me. So I really wanted to see the, the impact in personalities. And I noticed meta themes everywhere, like between East Coast people and West Coast people and um, how their environments affected them as well too. For example, Montreal feels a lot like a, a flat washing machine <laughs> everything's kind of circular and like um there's a coldness to it whereas if you come down to vancouver it's more of a, a roller coaster it's like not only is it circular but because of the mountains it's very moody people are very like um winters are very gray and depressing and then summers are just magically beautiful here and there's a, there's a real impact on people's personalities and how they act 
and how opposite it is in the west coast in the in the east coast sorry yeah have you noticed that from from where you live in the states as well too i like to say geography is destiny <laughs> yeah. uh, which is my uh, attempt at that but i don't have the amount of detail that uh, you're describing it was just I'm like, I, I do like uh, introductory courses. I love them in college. So I got, yeah, geography influences people, but I, and, and their personalities and their character. I kind of know that, but I don't have the details that you're picking up. So I'm, you're confirming a, a, a general observation I had that, that geography does that with people. Mm -hmm. um, that, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's, I've written, I've read about that in other places too, but to be able to do it visually, which is what you can do to show how the kinesthetics of temperature change in a place, Montreal gets rarely cold in the winter. I mean, it's minus 40, at least it's been there a lot and minus 50. So they got those underground ways of, of shopping instead of, you can walk rather than being up outside. Right. It's really cold and it's, it's nice in the, in the summer, but nothing like the contrast in Vancouver where that gray is, I love the gray. I mean, I, I really love the gray living in Seattle, but, uh, but it's, you know, Salt Spring Island and then Vancouver Island and Cortez Island in the summer, those are just, as you say, magic. There's beautiful places. That there's something exquisite about the trees and the way the air feels and the water is near you. It's like amazing. So those are those are different polarities. And mm -hmm. could you describe how those polarities influence character? <laughs> sure, sure. I would say, and these are these are stereotypes. So I want to know. I just want to say up front. I live archetypes to me are just larger stereotypes and I'm, I was a concept artist for a very long time this is how my pattern recognition grew is that I see everything as just strokes of paint of like uh, value and color and triangles <laughs> so, <laughs> say that again strokes of paint um, value value oh that's the color value and that's the tone grayscale yes the tone on the grayscale and yeah. then triangles and what triangle shape composition like proportions oh like a good like a good 15th century painting or like Valaquez, for example uh it's like you play with the different triangles in the painting okay I, i'm just trying to visualize what you're what you're talking about different lines so okay um, yeah, so, okay. so I, I see like, for example, if I want to paint a face, I'm mainly looking at the triangle between the two points of the eyes and the bottom of the nose. So there's a triangle here. And if I make it too long, I miss the person's face. If I make it too short, I miss the person's face. So I got to get that proportion just right. So I'm always training my eyes to see exactly the right triangle and then the shapes. So in Montreal, for example, uh, body postures and all that, I probably won't, instead of talking about that, I'll talk about personality. Um, I found like, it's a, it's a stereotype that East, East Coast people are very direct and very forward, very fiery, like New York, Montreal, all that. 
And in, in Quebec and Montreal, people might be very fiery, but uh, they can, if you get past their fire, they, they welcome you warmly into their home. They're very like loving, warm people. Um, in the West Coast, I found that people were very polite on the outside and really, really nice, but a little bit colder and harder to get into um, personally. So there was a polarity switch there. Um, did you notice something like that maybe in the States? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to see how weather makes that happen or geography makes that happen, or at least influences it. I would say weather does because like cold weather gets your nervous system to freeze a little bit more. So you're a lot more resistant to things and it takes a little bit longer to warm up to something. Whereas over here in BC, the weather is so drastic that winter, it goes from gray, gray, gray to like beautiful, not a cloud in the sky, summertime. And then it's nothing but like perfect weather for a while. So it's this very extreme of people um, like moving through their personalities as well uh, in, the, in the West Coast. That's, uh, and and you're, you're probably drawing stuff like that, I guess. I am. I am. In my mind's eye, I see that as color. I see it as um, different um, color frequencies on top of a person. Their mind center, their heart center, and then their body center. And then how it manifests in them as they move along. Like if they're feeling extremely loving one day, it could be the green around their body center is a little bit larger, a little bit brighter. If they're feeling a little more introverted, it can be a little bit smaller and darker and their shoulders could be slunched more. Like all these uh, patterns are like color for, for me. I, yeah. That's, all these patterns are like color. Yeah. Um, well, to, 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 to move from your, the visuals that we're talking about now, you and I, uh, have had some wonderful conversations that for me began with um, how can synchronicity exist in the metaverse? That was, that was, I was Diogenes walking around with a, can somebody tell me how the, how can synchronicity exist? And I was doubtful about that until I, until I met you and started talking with Krista a bit too. So what, what is the, uh, what is coincident? How, how, why are coincidence significant to the metaverse and the, the spatial web, uh, this, this, this web three that we're running around with? That is one of my favorite questions. So to, like for me, I'm gonna, I see this context. Most of the time, people don't either doubt coincidences when they're doubting coincidences or synchronicities. Very often what they're saying is, I don't think there's a correlation here. And I think that there's a disconnection here. Like this is one thing is not connected to the other thing when okay. they're skeptical about okay. it. Yeah, yeah. The thing that bypasses what they're skeptical is about is something happens that's so uh, surprising that there's just no way it cannot be a coincidence. It has to be something large enough for them to let go of their almost like uh, need to have things separated to notice the magic of things being connected. Mm -hmm. 
what we've done is also created now a virtual world, which is like a, a virtual world where we can create things inside that world, like a 3D world. Why that makes now that changes things for coincidences is that if I go in and paint something in the invisible and another person goes in and paints something similar in the invisible, we can actually match those now and measure or look at what the similarities in those synchronicities are. So in a way, we've moved into a world where we can actually start measuring synchronicities and sharing it with each other. Before we had to collect stories, we had to share stories, and we had to meet up to actually talk about them. But with the metaverse now, we might not need to share the actual story. We might just need to share the visual. And when we can do sharing the visuals very quickly, two people can match their visuals to see whether there's a similarity or not. So it's almost like the metaverse has opened up art on top of opening up like AI that scans stories and all that. But it, we can start matching um, coincidences visually. Coincidences take place in the virtual reality? They do. They do. I think they're because they're more controlled, people think that they wouldn't. But uh, anyone that's played a multiplayer game, for example, and has met a friend that lives across the world where they bond and they play this game together common and become really good friends. That happens all the time. And those are the things that happen across the world in different realms, different lives, but the video game creates a universe where people can see commonalities and share those with, with, with coincidences, those pop up there. It creates a new realm where coincidences can happen. And, and the, the, it's visual, but it needs to be recorded in order to be able to see it again, right? It does, but very, there's also a lot of coincidences that happen where um, it's not recorded. Yeah, in the metaverse, we're talking, we're in the virtual reality. Exactly. So, so how do you then compare similarities? So because we have the ability to record it, whereas in the real world, we don't always have the ability to record it. You have to know to record it but then it, you don't know it's going to happen uh, until it happens. So exactly. how do you know when to turn on the re recording? Well, it's because in the virtual world, there's a higher chance of it already being recorded. Okay. Because you're entering the game and it's already being recorded or it's being played. So there's some review of it, whereas real life, the coincidence happens. And then unless you're being filmed, you have to go back and talk about the story. Yeah, you only got you only got the verbal thing. Sometimes people take pictures of it afterwards, mm -hmm. to be able to show it. But it requ requires somehow having enough precognition to turn on the recorder um, before it happens, which is a uh, which is still a bit of a a bit of a trick for me. It's a trick, exactly. It's uh, uh, that's why we have everything recording our lives now part of what I see with machines and all these cameras and sensors is that machines in a way are recording us and they're viewing us and observing us. And when we have similar patterns, they're grouping us together. And that's yeah. a form of synchronicity. Yeah. 
Yeah. Machines are picking up similar patterns. They're looking at it visually first and foremost as zeros and ones. Well, they look for patterns of purchase is the biggest thing. What do you want to buy? Uh, yeah, but it's only what you want to buy because they want to know what was the um, the magnetic pull that happened before you bought. Like what made you do the action you did to buy? That's what they're looking for. What motivated you is what they're why they're studying the pattern. And what kind of data do they collect for the motivation? It's, it's usually around time and purchases. So someone that shops at 2 p.m. every day or, um, uh, you know, on Fridays, they'll, they can pick up a pattern like uh, after the work week, this person always goes to this restaurant or prefers uh, this way of relaxing or that. Like those patterns allow them to go in and go, well, let's be more efficient with what we offer and send it around that time. It's they, the gotta time. Be, they gotta know the person's gonna also look at their email or their or social media to be exactly. able to do that. So yeah. that's, that's another variable that they can easily measure. They can easily measure. They can easily measure it. The more a person is running on routine, the more they can measure it. So people that are very, um, um, you know, very regular, usually have routines that you can follow. They're reliable. And so you can rely on them to do certain things, but it also makes them more susceptible, susceptible to um, um, being uh, sold things. Sold things. <clears throat> and that's the opposite of what brings on coincidences is, is the breaks in routine. Just like you got, find yourself in the wrong room. Uh, you were, it was a break. So the, the routine becomes yet an, an, a self-imprisonment that the, uh, the, the algorithms can like take advantage of. Yes. Yeah. So the idea would be to, if, to put less predictability in people's lives and coincidences uh, tend to do that. They do, they do. They're, to me, they're the, they're the natural spice of the world. You know, the, the, the things that we walk around and we could have everything figured out, but something happens that sparks a new way of looking or thinking or something that clicks in like a, like a glitch in the matrix. It's li literally that, a glitch that, in the matrix. That's what I thought of as a long time ago. It's the glitch in a matrix. It's, if the program is kind of like, oh, uh, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad to hear you using that metaphor. Uh, how do you, how do you do that in virtual reality where you, where you get people to break routines to help create uh, meaningful coincidences? That's a very good question. Um, well, the one thing in the virtual world, I would say, is that we can create anything in it. So starting with that, when you can, it's like uh, showing up with a blank slate. Like it's, uh, well, it's that, that fear of like, if there's nothing there to create from nothing. So if you go and start to create on any, like you have a blank slate and you can create anything, people could start creating absolutely everything that's within their mind's eye. 
when they do that, it's very, very broad and general, and it'll be hard to find patterns and linking because people are all over the place. So in a way, in the virtual world, you have to start from a point of similarity where you can start tracking what is a coincidence and what is not. You have to have like a, um, a language to know how you're capturing coincidences. Like, for example, you, you use stories and you're capturing um, these, these short, succinct uh, results that you're getting from the coincidences. It opens up something for you. That thing that it opens up to me is what I want to describe as color. And if everyone can describe those things as color, we can match them. So, for example, when you were lost and your dog was lost and then you both found each other, I would describe that as your heart was green and, when it, and your mind was maybe darker blue being lost, like swirling around and not knowing. And then suddenly you saw your dog and then your, your, blue, your dark blue mind became bright blue or whiter. And then your heart also became greener and more, um, more connected to life. So we have one visual of you that was before, um, smaller heart center and darker mind center. And then after the coincidence, you have a greener, wider heart center and you have a brighter mind center. D does that visual translate? Yep. So now you have that one coincidence and someone else has something similar that happens to them, but it's not with a dog. It's let's say their, their wife or their husband and they run into each other. Now, one person will say these two coincidences aren't similar at all because one's a dog and one's your, a person. I would say they are similar in color and the impact on you is also similar and that's what's important. When you're looking at just the impact and the effect that it has on the person, it makes it more about what are you getting out of the coincidence and not about tracking any coincidence. Because if we do that, then we go back to once you're looking for the yellow car, you see yellow cars everywhere. You go, oh, it's just because I'm focusing on it that I'm seeing it. And then that dismisses the magic of seeing the yellow car. It's like this fight between the rational mind and the irrational mind. Does that make sense? So you would, you would then somehow put uh, on a measuring device of some kind mm -hmm. uh, the various aspects of the blue and the green. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I am assuming you have a lot, you, there would be a lot of other variables, but within those two, you would have variables that end up being a unique signature of that person. Yes. And it, then you, with, so there's going to be more in it rather than just the, what you described, there have to be. And then you, you'd try to match those variables with others that you're not mentioning with someone else who might have a similar uh, um, color change under different perhaps circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, and you would try to see how they uh, might be, uh, for you, uh, doppelgangers, for you, mirrors of each other. 
because you're what I asked you about this earlier, because uh, I believe in in the fundamentals of early childhood experiences that shape the way we think about things. I mean, Freud was pushing that for quite a long time. It's still around, mm -hmm. um, but that's also in a positive way. And you started with, I see all these mirrors uh, of myself. So I'm going to look for more mirrors because uh, it's fun. That's what I started with. It was a early thing and it's really interesting. So I'm going to go keep doing that. So you're going to do that with color matching and with value and other characteristics of the different colors. And you'll have other things you put in and you'll then match me with somebody else, uh, my, with me and my dog and somebody else. And then what? So like what I'm doing is I'm making it even more conceptual and more blurry. The story is all the detail. The story is all the specifics. So when I'm describing in broad general terms with just color, let's just say those two, blue and green, um, I'm looking at the, the brightness of the color, like the saturation of it, and also maybe the shape of it. If it's larger or smaller, it tells you something about how that person is feeling. Within these, within these spaces, inside of that is all the story and all the specific stuff yeah now you can match people and say well these two have a coincidence going on generally this is a coincidence and when you start going down the storyline then you can notice maybe they'll diverge at a certain point and then they'll diverge and go okay now the coincidence is not really about the dog and the wife or husband it's now about the getting lost and they both were in uh south florida and you go, oh, now the coincidence is about location, not about the finding. So you can have many variables on which coincidences are uh, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's, yeah. you still, I mean, it's still, G is a mirror guy is what I'm walking away with this. Because <laughs> that's, because that's what you like to do is see mirrors. Uh, and that's, it's part of your part of your modus operandi and i look for how people do this differently i mean every in uh, among the people i know who are co coincidence ambassadors they got different ways of looking at this elephant that is the synchronicity serendipity thing mm -hmm. like they got parts of the story and the mirror one is really important and then to put it into visual terms uh, is so much easier to be able to communicate once the people learn the language of the visual uh it's so this is a really great contribution to to uh, trying to get people to think about coincidences and you've got you've got the wonderful idea about how that works um and because it changes people's ways of thinking about things that in a way you're trying to be able to say that you want to break people out of their reality tunnels and be able to see there's more going on here. And the way you describe your living, and I thank you for put it, putting it in language that us human beings can understand, <laughs> is that you, you're seeing your life looking around. It's, it's very similar to a virtual reality for you. It's all like a game that you're part of and all these all these people really are avatars kind of, and they come from other planets and they don't know it, but they're just fantastic bio machines that are doing it down here, but they're avatars and they're making avatars in the internet and in the virtual, in the virtual media, virtual uh, realities. So this, this is the way I'm understanding the way you think about uh, 
about our reality and the one that most of us think we have we are in yeah i that's a good way of putting it you you said it from the bottom up um i always look at it from the top down like <laughs> i see all these archetypes that are then divided and divided and divided all the way down into human beings and then we have all our personalities but to me we're fragments of our families and before that so it's these these tree trunks that have kept on splitting and splitting this mirror that kept on splitting and now we're here with all these fragments everywhere but there's links to everything there's commonalities between everyone it's like it's just the the, the web is mixed up so if we can see the color we can assign a color to each strand of web of connection that we have and that becomes the rainbow spider web that's underneath like all the invisible threads and when they go on we can almost see the pattern of who we are as human beings in our place in the world our place in the puzzle you described uh, the web of our interconnectedness mm -hmm. and you and you did something i haven't done is put colors on them and the colors are vibratory uh they're not just uh just painted they they are alive in their way and uh, they're responding to their environments uh and those that's where spider-man is such an interesting character because he's tuned into a web that yeah, allows them to pick up danger. They don't talk necessarily about connections in a positive way, because that's what Marvel tends to be around. Uh, it's like bad stuff happening, but love will survive kind of thing. But uh, th this, this visual of your web is something that I want to be able to have our audiences see more of some other time. Because it, it's when I when I talk about I talk, I coincidentally, you've described invisible threads i talked about invisible currents i used the word threads for a while uh that that the coincidences help illuminate invisible currents that unite and uh unite us all connect and unite us all and now you're you're the guy drawing those invisible threads as invisible currents i use currents again because it's more active than threads it's like and they change and they're vibrating around it's really a more than just a two-dimensional thing it's a three-dimensional over time with a time variable that makes it and i'm sure you've kept those things in mind but that's a really important visual for uh, us to be able to to understand and to get and yeah the, the visual part is also really important to me because i would say that it's people receive less visuals in nature than they do in cities and the reason i'd say that is because when you're out in nature there's a lot more chaos shapes are everywhere a pattern that pops up is not is is a different type of pattern that you'll notice that in a city where shapes are more flat things pop up more the red car colored car is more no noticeable than uh, amongst all the other cars than if you're in like let's say the forest where only one bright shape will pop out so there's like all these uh, different visual cues that enhance being able to see uh, coincidences and now they have we have virtual worlds we could actually go in and within that virtual world, if two people create something similar, 
they will start to bond just on that. So there's a new bonding happening and a new realm to measure them, to see them, to work with them, and then to bring it back out into the real life and then notice whether we're noticing that in real life. It's almost like we can test coincidences in the metaverse now. You reminded me of a time I was in the forest not too long ago and the leaves were down and I was looking at the leaves um, and they're different colored leaves, uh, different browns and tans and stuff. And I began to see that there might be a, a pattern in them mm. uh, and that I began to look around and just even like looking at an apartment building and seeing the various lights that were on in various floors showing a different line pattern uh, that these are symbols that can be communicative. I got that from seeing the little leaves uh, mm -hmm. that they kind of overlap with each other, but there it looks like there are symbols all around us. And so you are seeing a lot more symbols than I think most of us do. Yeah, I think that also has to do with growing up with comic books. Um, Spider-Man you mentioned earlier is like a real symbol for the web of all the um, like someone that has extra power. So all this power that is invisible, he has to play two identities. He has to balance his responsibilities and his power. And he's always trying to juggle more than he can. And so it's like he can see more in the world. He has more abilities. And because of that, he has way more things to do. And he has all these arms hanging around and he's caught in all these different webs to me, it's very analogous to what we're going through today with the multiple connections we have, with uh, the amount of people that we know now compared to people in the past. It's become a lot more complicated. We could get stuck in that web. So to illuminate that web is really important so that we can see the color of it and know that it's shifting and moving as we go through life. We're not stuck in it. And that if we surf it well, it becomes like it feeds us with color. And when it feeds us with color and it strings us along to get the colors that we need, it makes life a lot more um, mystical and mysterious and fun and game-like than knowing exactly what you're here to do and the, you know, society says you're supposed to be this and you stay only within this. Yeah, yeah that, I do this with the Coincidence Project, just even people to invite to join the Coincidence Ambassadors group was like, it turns out that uh, the new per people are from outside of the United States, which is what we needed. And I didn't really think about that. Um, and that uh, that's an important difference than what to hear a British accent finally on recent one was like, hey, that's cool. And to be, have you there and have a person from Holland there, those are all like uh, spreading out the, our, our, our tentacles and our web, including somebody from Australia. So it's like it, it, to be able to visualize this web and be able to watch the coincidences that guide me it's like i don't know how this happens i just kind of do it and so oh look at that that happened it's like oh well i didn't do that on purpose directly consciously yeah. because we have to do this intuitively we have to we get to trust our own intuition 
in being able to make stuff happen and trusting your intuition you have to learn to trust your intuition who's talking to me now hey you talking to me you gotta listen to you can be careful about who's who you think's talking to you because some hey yeah maybe i don't listen to that guy he's got like an idea no no thanks i gotta like this and to tune in who do you want to listen to and who is a good advisor for you from your own inner advisors and you're You've you sharpened that in this in your 11 years out here in the desert of Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, working on your own, trying to figure out what's going on in reality and be able to join, help us join the web that you have learned to draw. That is what's so exciting. One of the so exciting things about what you're doing to be able to visualize that spider web that is colorful and transient and changing and connection change and all that. As we get getting near the end of our conversation today, part of what we've talked about in the metaverse and virtual reality um, are people like running into each other, like in games and like you did uh, with your first story here. Um, I began to think, well, you could also find um, coincidences with uh, NFTs, with non-fungible uh, tokens, where people make a work of art and say it's unique. And then somewhere, somebody's going to say, hey, I did that too, because that keeps happening, is that if somebody thought of it, somebody else is thinking of it now. Uh, what do you think about that, the, that kind of coincidence? I think that's going to start showing up more and more until people notice that we're all one and that we're all like antennas uh, with different colors that we're trying to capt. But there's only so many shapes and sizes and colors. <laughs> you could see at some point, if I took my own picture and just blurred everything, I could find so many people with the same shape and color as me, like conceptually. And so the setups for that is like, the more people we have on the planet, the more there's going to be like twins and doppelgangers and lookalikes. They're just going to keep popping up more and more. And two things can happen out of that. They'll either notice, oh, the same shape and these patterns are popping up. I wonder what the similarities are between all these people. Or these people are going to try to separate themselves from the pack of all their lookalikes and try to be different from being too similar so it's constantly this like polarity paradox thing that's happening and that's kind of how i'm functioning too is that i want to find coincidences because they're fun and they lead me somewhere but if i try too hard to look for coincidences they disappear so it's that observer effect it's like getting as close as i can and noticing it and being in the magic of it without being uh, expecting them to happen expecting them to show up so when people like set it up for that i think it's a problem i think when you when we let it be it'll just naturally show itself and people will notice that we're all connected you just ran into a a real problem you got to expect them if you're going to see them you got to that's a fundamental thing well for people that know inherently that coincidences exist and all that there's like, there's that, the antennas on that, it's gonna, like, for me, it's just obvious, a coincidence is gonna happen. But for other people, 
there some people are so skeptical that they won't look for it at all they won't expect it oh yeah yeah and then we've been trying to get we're trying to change that in people i i call it um knowing that they happen mm -hmm. but then letting them happen you, you've got to let them happen so you you say okay i know they happened but then i have this little button in my head that's a coincidence detector that it goes like it starts buzzing after one happens and makes me pay attention to it so Amazing. i'm primed but not trying to make it happen and that learning to how to like let it go and but not ignore it and not saying it's not true but that in between is kind of like a, a tightrope where you're in between balancing the polarities and balancing polarities is what we keep trying to do on this planet we got to like we got both of them we got to like they're there just by i love these guys that just tell me bernie this is the way reality is and i and I know it isn't, it's somewhat like that, but it's the opposite is also true, my friend. It's like, exactly. it, and you don't, you don't want to think that way. You want to like have it the way you think about, it. okay, well, that's what you do. But I just get a, I just get a kick out of how some people do that. And I'm just getting used to the fact that uh, I hear people, Rama, well, Bernie, if you see the guru on the road, you kill him is one of the things that uh, I keep wondering about is, a good thing to keep in mind <laughs> that is an interesting thing the guru thing um coming from like an indian culture where that's very like uh, prominent and coming to the states and the canada where it's not i always found that fascinating that certain teachers that would teach things that were measurable were always respected and the teachers that would teach things that were unmeasurable were not very much respected <laughs> And then, and then there was always this, I would notice a lot of Westerners go and try and find those teachers <laughs> and all of the, the, the Indian people go and try and find the other ones. Everyone's looking. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm laughing because it's so true. And I hadn't put it together quite that way. Yeah. It's like, it's some of the, some of the, the great organizers come from India. It's, it's, that's, that's. But they're imbued with uh, that the the kind of Hindu culture, um, the 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 ethics or the ethos and the feeling of it. So it's like you can put them together and you get something that's even better. Uh, the and you put the the guru into the Western mind and you got something that's really functioning. And that's right brain, left brain. It's explaining the polarities, but you're doing the polarities of like India and uh, the Western world. And I, I that's <laughs> that's right there. That is right there. And then resolving the, the polarities is part of what we do. Yeah. Uh, let's let's end with a question of uh, why are coincidences important for the future of uh, economies and civilizations? Mm. A small question. A <laughs> small question. Uh, so it'll be an unusual answer, I'm sure. Their coincidences are really important for the future because they're a way to measure intangibles, which, and it's really important to measure intangibles because now we're dealing with intangible invisible problems in the world like airborne viruses which we can't see and when we can't see something it has an impact on the entire economy 
And the one thing that we use to mitigate things we can't see is money and time. We use money, uh, but money judges. Money is a judgment and money is an evaluation. And evaluations and judgments exist in the world of material, of seeing. And what we're dealing now with is all these invisible problems, things we can't see and can't measure. And so one of the ways of looking at the patterns of like airborne viruses is looking at what's happening on the inside of a human being that's causing them to move around the planet or to do what they do. And on the inside, one of the hints we have, one of the best ways we have of looking past our rational minds is when irrational things happen, like coincidences. And I believe they provide us the hints to look in the right direction of what's going on within us and for other people and to make bonds that are made based on invisible threads between us. That data, the, that information about what's happening between people and connections that's, um, that's transparent ends up influencing the economy and how money is used and um, resources, time is used. So there's a, that's might've been a bit of a stretch, but for me, there's a complete loop and uh, link between uh, invisible um, resonance, like that we can find in coincidences and uh, real life moving of money and uh, material goods in the world. Well, I find that intriguing and I got some idea what your visual is for, I just want to see the movie, you know, <laughs> I want to see your movie because I'm getting, I can do visual. I can imagine what you're thinking about. As you tell me, I, I can climb up the words into your mind and see some of the pictures in there. I've been able to do that for a while. And so I got some idea and I just want to, I, when's it coming out? You know, that's when's the movie coming out and you've got, such a good ability to to draw uh, to make things visual that uh, I think it's a it, these are wonderful ideas that you have brewing in there and uh, I'm glad to be part of uh, uh, helping you come out from uh, outer space for, <laughs> for for us human beings down here on the earth uh, to be able to learn from a lot of stuff that you're seeing. Thank you, Bernie. Like one of the things that I found is to give people a map where they can map color and coincidences. The map behind me is basically a meta map. It's an open source map that can fit into any metaverse that mirrors the human being. So spatially, you can place coincidences in the proper timeline, in the proper realm, whether it's in your realm of order or in your realm of adventure. You can place your coincidence, whether it's something that makes you want to expand and go up to space, or it's a coincidence that wants to keep you grounded and connected to people here. You can place them like uh, in a different spot. And so in a way, it's a place where people can make their own films. Well, we're going to have to leave that for another time because I, I begin to get the idea of it, but placement in context like that is just 
a wonderful idea. I just don't know how to do it. But it's like, I don't know what you're talking about in actually carrying it out. But it's a wonderful idea to influence contact, contact, context and intention with what you put in, uh, with coincidences putting in into those different contexts and intentions. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to take a hint from Krista. Um, when I saw her do an interview mm -hmm. uh, with somebody, she, she said, and I'm going to ask you, what can you tell us personally about yourself that might be memorable for our audience? <laughs> that is a good question. Krista has good questions. Um, okay, I'll, I'll say it like this. One thing that I want to put out there is that technology is not actually on. That's something personally for me that I'm, it's like my mission is to turn on technology, to say that my purpose in life is to tune it towards harmony. It's, a, it's in a way that almost that people don't remember me, but they remember that when they look at screens, that it's not exactly, screens and technology isn't exactly what people take it for granted to be. They're actually one of the most powerful, um, tools that we have and they can fragment us apart or they could connect us back to our humanity. How come this is your mission? You keep bringing it back to me. Um, it's my mission because I've been in the middle of this of these series of coincidences that give me almost no choice. I'm like my body moves for me. Like all of the work and the art has been channeled through me. Like it's all about noticing all the coincidences around me, all the invisible, and then bringing them through art into the real world so people can see them. And I feel like I was bred an artist for that. Very cool. Thank you very much for uh, talking with me, G, and we will continue our conversation. Thank you very much, Bernie. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to uh, to have this conversation with you. This is our mental atmosphere, like a hologram. Cosmic consciousness